welcome to the Just Believe Podcast. I'm your host, Herbie Mack. Look, this podcast is raw, authentic, and unstripped. We're going to turn these hard conversations into conversations. This is the only way we can break the stigma when it comes to mental health and suicide prevention. Now, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review, baby. I need them five stars. Sit back, enjoy the show. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Just Believe Podcast. I'm your host, Herbie Mack. <laughs> I'm already laughing. This is how you know this is going to be a great episode. Um, today, I'm honored. Uh, I came across this young lady live. She goes live, like, I feel like every day. I don't know how she does it. I'm trying to learn. Um, but not only that she goes live, she interviews amazing people. On the outside looking in, like somebody might go, she's always going live, but honestly, she really inspires me to push myself, right? Because she has the courage to interview others and hear their stories and their traumas. You may think it's easy. It's easy listening, but when you're interviewing somebody and you have went through your mental health challenges, it's hard. You know, you don't want to 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 trigger your challenge or your trauma that you went through so for her to do this i applaud her and i'm going to give her her flowers right now because i think she's a superhero um you know i do a lot of interviews and some of it can get overwhelming um from the sense of not not of hearing their traumas but or doing the interview processing and editing and all that other crap but it takes a lot to hear someone's story and then you you question yourself of Am I healed? Man, I remember that moment of this and that. And honestly, like, I applaud her. Like, I didn't, I don't know how often she goes live. I know I get the little Facebook notification. I'm like, she's doing it again. And I know she's not doing it for the followers, but she's doing it to share stories to help others heal. Um, mental health challenges happens a lot. And we got to do our part to normalize it. I, you know, okay, I'm going to try to get this right without the tongue twisting, okay? I was tongue twisting earlier. Petita Day, how are you doing? Yeah, hey. Petita Day. <laughs> Great. I am happy to be here, and this is an honor, too, and we're very similar. Yes, yes, yes. For my listeners that's trying to figure out, okay, why he has her own, tell, her, tell, tell them, actually, about yourself. Yes, yes. Let's let's sit back and enjoy this. <laughs> yes, so I'm pretty Day. I'm 28 years young, and I am the creator and founder of Chai Together LLC. Here you go. <laughs> and I founded Chai Together during the pandemic, and it's inspired by my mom, who has paranoid schizophrenia and IED, which is also known as. Um, hypochondria. It's a somatic, um, somatoform disorder. And I was inspired uh, with the words chai together because my mom and I had chai together every day. It's the Indian masala tea. And that's how I came up with the name. And yeah, so that's part of the part of me. <laughs> no, I, I love it. Um, I'm a huge tea and coffee drinker. So when I saw it, I was just like, okay, she has to Instantly, she has to love like tea. So I was trying to figure out like where did it come from. So that's great that your mother inspired you to do that. Like mm-hmm. for someone who had mental health challenges, right? We try to block mm-hmm. out the, the 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 trauma. We look at the mm-hmm. positive, right? The moments, right? 
And mm-hmm. for that, for you to remember the the moments of, man, my mom and I was just sitting down having having tea, right? Like we're just sitting down having tea, whether we was talking about what was on TV or just sitting there in that awkward, comfortable silence. It's, it's powerful. It says a lot mm-hmm. about you. Yeah. Wow. That just brings back memories of when I was hanging with my mom. Yeah. So nice. <laughs> well, like, like I, when I was going through my my dark times and my my um mm-hmm. my moments, like there are bright moments in there, right? We just it may seem negative, mm-hmm. but there's special moments. Like for me, um, during my dark times, writing was key for me, right? Mm-hmm. This was the first time I felt comfortable releasing my feelings to myself. Like you know, you hear some things of saying like, "Oh, I'm gonna um." You know, you hear yourself like talking out loud or whatever, like, oh, you know, like I'm rapping a rap song or whatever, but it's like you're rapping someone else's thoughts and, and stuff. So this is like the first time I'm rapping my own thoughts. I'm actually putting them on paper and understanding them. Um, and that was like a bright moment for me to understand my feelings, to learn, mm-hmm. okay, I feel like this, but why? And it's keep going and going and learning more about myself and understanding that that I am not. I am not my trauma. Like, you know what I mean? My trauma does not define me. I'm just a person that's in this. We gonna get out of this. We All we have to do is just believe, right? <laughs> and that was the thing that saved my life. And, right. and I always take like, yeah, when I tell my story, it's, it's, it's dark. But that bright part was like sitting down and writing, taking those 15 minutes to myself to just clear my thoughts. So when I did feel like the world was too much, it didn't feel that, I didn't feel that much pressure anymore. It was like, oh, okay, cool. I still had a bad day, but it, it, it made me, it's not a bad life. Okay, I got some of that out, you know? So I think it's beautiful. Um, we was talking off, off the air and I enjoyed every second of it. Mm-hmm. So you were saying a little bit about where you was from. Can you let the listeners know what you, originally where you're from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm born in New Delhi, India, and I came to the States in 1999. So I was six years young. How how was that for you? I remember it. I remember sitting on the luggage and coming here. And I always heard, you know, great things about America, such as myths, such as you don't get sick here and, you know, things like that, like as if it's so perfect. But yeah, I discovered um, seeing <laughs> Black people for the first time and the foods, Oreos and all different kind of things. And I became obese fast. This <laughs> was from the, like the processed food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Um, you know, for me, yeah. um, I don't know, like being around like the McDonald's and having Oreos was like the norm. And I'm pretty sure like for your family, yeah, I was having mm-hmm. having a home cooked meals. Like, don't get it twisted, y'all. I was having home cooked meals as well, but it was so easy to just like go get a happy meal or go get like, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> but for your family, how was that? Like, was they okay with you eating the processed food in the beginning? Or they was just like, hey. You're messing up the whole like vibe where, where you normally used to have a family dinner. No, like they gave it to us. You know what I mean? Like there's times I'm going to school, I'm having like 10 Oreos, eight Oreos with milk as breakfast every day. And my mom, like my mom gave me that. <laughs> I wish I had your mom. Okay. <laughs> and like, I used to eat like a whole bag of chips, you know, like spicy Harris chips that was like the norm in our home. Okay. Like 
Yeah. It sounds like you guys ingested very well um, on that aspect. Mm. Like you said that you came for like your, uh, uh, like from a wedding, right? For a wedding or whatnot when you came over here? Mm. Yeah, I came here because we we're just moving. My brother had lived here already and we're coming here for his wedding, but also okay. to stay. Was you, how did you feel? I know you're six, but like, mm -hmm. did you feel like, oh yeah, I'm excited to come to America? Or you just really was like, ah, I don't want to. Yeah, I had a best friend. I remember her name was Maggie and we said bye to her. And like, I knew I was going to America and I was excited, but as a child, you don't think that, you know, the things that you're going to be facing, like are coming your way. So it's like, I didn't know that oh, all the things that are about to happen to me are all called trauma. Yeah, because it's probably a lot <laughs> to move, to learn a whole new culture. Yeah. And was you talking English during this time? Like, did, was your English very, like... No, I didn't speak oh, English. Oh, man, so that had to be rough. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, I, I love kids, but they can be mean. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, they're bullies. One time I confused Reese's and the word recess, and the kids just looked at me like... And turn around, you know, like she's weird. <laughs> um, on the, on that aspect yeah. of um, like now you're getting older. Now you're trying to figure out yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, where I'm trying to see, I'm trying to trying to trying to ask this question on like, like, where did you realize that things was going wrong as far as like. Like during your trauma, mm -hmm. right? Like better yet, what is your trauma that you experienced? I experienced incest when I was five while I was in India. And then moving forward, I experienced molestation via family members uh, from different family members from about maybe like eight to 10 or so. And then I experienced uh, like brutal physical abuse at 16 from another family member. Uh, led me to go to the police station, which turned me away and sent me back home um, and said I was a false statement. Then basically no, no counselor helped, no social worker came back and I was kind of just left there and suicidal at I think 16, 15, 16, took a bunch of pills possibly, sleeping pills. Um, but yeah, like I wanted to go uh, because the pain was just unbearable. And moving forward from that, moving forward from that was, you know, like losing my virginity at 19 when, and then after like feeling empty afterwards, right, there's someone here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, because it wasn't um, right the way it happened. And then steps <laughs> that's why and then um so yeah moving forward from there was let me date a narcissist and um just a lot of domestic violence at home um from when I was young until even now when I just left because uh they both have mental illness like both my parents like all of my family members do right and I did it as well uh, the person just left. Right, so um, those things led me to 
um, yeah, those like those traumas at a young age led me to have body dysmorphia, uh, which is, you know, paranoia about your body. Like I didn't show any skin. I didn't have any confidence. I was very paranoid about like stretch marks and um, I was always called fat and things when I was younger, like I was the biggest girl and I matured real fast and I was bullied by my own family, about my weight, um, from my relatives to cause me body dysmorphia. Like I didn't even wear like half sleeves t-shirts. Like I didn't want to show my skin. I hated my skin. And I remember I would pinch my skin and like pray to God at night to not wake up with this body, you know, that people have projected onto me that it's so horrible, you know? And it's so interesting because I always Google and research everything. I love studying and I came across body dysmorphia. Like I Googled, Hey, you know, having being paranoid about your skin or whatever. Right. And I was quite young and I got myself out of it through becoming a CrossFitter and through, um, you know, losing the weight and having confidence and dating again and multiple things. And, um, honestly, just that led me to my confidence is by me resolving it myself. Like I didn't have any therapy or any medications or anything like that. Um, so yeah, moving from that time. Yeah. So like growing up, like I was just dating a lot of people, um, that were not good for me and because I didn't know any better. And I also didn't know how to share my traumas. I didn't communicate, which led me to be an interpersonal communication major because I thought that would um, fix things, like I could fix my broken family. That didn't work. <laughs> and yeah, so just last year, yeah, I came back last year. So I, I found solace in children and um, I got my education degree as well. Um, and then I studied child development associates as well. And I started substitute teaching and then uh, we had a family daycare as well. So I did all those things, which led me to go to Thailand to volunteer and also teach kids. It's an ESL certified uh, teacher, which I am. And that led me to meeting somebody who didn't have the best intention for me, who was a teacher as well, abroad. And I met this person and I impulsively got engaged with them very fast, not knowing that they had have the intention of scamming me for US visa in 29 yeah so last year and I found myself pregnant with twin children in my second trimester and this gentleman had uh, left me doing his own thing drinking and all of those things wasn't there I was homeless at this point malnourished I had no money for food because I had actually missed my flight to stay for this gentleman and then I had become pregnant and he said he was going to take care of everything you know the whole spiel and that person was gone and not even to where they would move in to help with me, uh, help me while I was pregnant. Not only that, I didn't know I was expecting twins until I went to the abortion clinic after I returned to the state. So at this point, I basically ran for my life because I thought the gentleman was going to hurt me or kill me. I didn't feel safe. So I used to go and hide in someone's room if I felt like he was coming um, while I was living abroad. And just really ran for my life at 5 a.m., went on planes for 26 hours until my friend helped me get back home. And then I was on my friend's couch uh, while pregnant. And I was in the most lowest point of my life because uh, I didn't know how I was going to raise these, <laughs> this kid I thought was one. But my motherly instinct knew it was two. And 
And I always asked God for twins and I got it. I always wanted to be like, I wanted to be engaged. I got it. But it was just because I was in trauma. It didn't go right. (laughs) So that's to tell you not to rush things. And my ex-boyfriend that I was actually with for eight months, my healthiest relationship, and he's an artist, a painter. And he told me that I'm going to get myself into trouble if I rush so much because I wanted to rush like um, being married to him because I wanted to create my perfect family since I didn't have that growing up. And that's what happened. And uh, so I had surgery in my second trimester and this was my first pregnancy and I've never been through anything like that before. And especially as a teacher for me to have my own kids and um, be separated from them, that was very heavy. And then I made a decision that day that I'm gonna be successful because their death can't go in vain. Ever since then, I put my nose to the ground, and here I am today. Well, yeah. Thank you for sharing that powerful story, first of all. Um, no, like, the, the, it is. It is it's very, it's very powerful because there's someone out there that's probably in a similar situation, and I want them to understand that there is, like, happiness at the end, right? Like, you had to, mm-hmm. you had to learn. That's right how to overcome some childhood trauma, right? And mm-hmm. you know, I'm a big advocate for getting therapy and, and seeking help, which it seemed like you tried to, but the help wasn't listening, right? And <laughs> and I always tell people, um, especially now, like we we have access on like Google, DuckDuckGo, whatever mm-hmm. search engine that you use, right? Um, mm-hmm. To find the proper help for people to speak our language, right? And understand us. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important for that. Um, You, unfortunately, you had to learn how to be your own therapist, Mm -hmm. right? And and which is challenging, right? Especially having childhood trauma, we may not realize or recognize it until we become adults, right? I didn't realize my Mm -hmm. childhood traumas until... I was like 28, 29, right? Mm-hmm. And it was it was kicking my ass. There's no no other way, right? I'm like, yo, what is going on? Why am I bugging out for something that happened at 12, right? And yeah, I had to learn like do writing to okay. Mm-hmm. Now I see the 12, the trauma at 12 that I went through. You learn mm-hmm. from, from probably doing the CrossFit exercising one of my biggest things you <laughs> learned a lot about yourself to crossfit because it takes a different breed to do that you have mm-hmm. to mentally be strong enough to say hey okay i'm gonna do these curls i'm gonna do this deadlift and i'm gonna give you some burpees mm-hmm. first of all mm-hmm. everybody knows i hate burpees but i will do them okay but you have to understand that right and in therapy for you was mm-hmm. exercising and you mm-hmm. probably, once you, okay, let me go take my ice bath, realize some things that came up. Now you understand them, process them. You know, when you're 12, you don't, you can't process that. You don't know how to process that. You're, you're crying for help. Mm-hmm. You're, hey, I need help. I need help. And the help is not listening. You're like, okay, well, I'm listening to myself. I'm going to do this on my own, which the mm-hmm. healing journey is a journey. It is a marathon, not a race. I keep telling people that. Don't think. Just because I <laughs> heal from my trauma within about two and a half years doesn't mean I'm fully healed. There's still some more healing I have to do. 
And for you, mm. even though you're still on your healing journey and you are comfortable talking about mm-hmm. it, you're still you're still oh, yeah. healing. You're still learning more about yourself every day. And I think it's mm-hmm. beautiful, and I want people to understand that. Um, but I wanted to, unfortunately, I wanted to backtrack to mm-hmm. to something that I. That, that like I I just try not to show a face because like it, it it really hurts my heart that someone with a, a beautiful heart right goes out and say I'm gonna help kids not only I'm gonna help kids I'm gonna go to a whole different country to help kids at the mm-hmm. universe God whatever you want to call it the divine gave me these tools to connect with the youth I'm gonna do this and when you went over there you probably wasn't prepared for this, but you probably had so much trauma uh-huh. working with kids that you didn't realize that you was brushing things. Was uh-huh. there any any signs, now that you think about it, right, in hindsight, that you can recognize of, yeah, I need to slow down. I need to learn more about myself. Yeah, I mean... But it's like therapy never came to mind for some reason, because I guess so many years I was without therapy that it's just, I never took the step, you know, but it's like, I was learning about myself as I was fluctuating in and out of trauma and like the depression, because I was very clinically depressed. I, I wanted to, you know, I had suicide ideations plenty of times and I always, you know, said, oh, I would go this way. And yeah, I was suicidal like my whole life. Up until even when I was there in Thailand, 2019, I was isolated. I didn't know anyone in the country. It made me depressed and suicidal. There were times where I didn't get up and go to work. Like I was clinically depressed in another country because those traumas don't go away. Like you were saying earlier when we're off air and that's just really it. And it's like, it was a blessing what happened to me. It's, It's horrible what happened, but it happened for me. And it's great. I'm able to say that quick and fast. The quicker I realize, the quicker I know. Because it's a blessing because I actually dreamt about Chai Together came about because of uh, my children. And I had a dream and I dreamt of the mugs. And I sketched the design like the next day of like the mug. And then, you know, turned my pain into purpose about my mom. So it all was like a collaboration. And it got me to talk because I had been through just so much that enough was enough and it got me to talk. There would be no chai together if I never went through uh, losing my children that way. Mm-hmm. I, I love how you put that together as far as like mm-hmm. the trauma that you had went through, but it's like how I said, you shine the light with speaking to your mom about it, having chai together. And then mm-hmm. you just realizing, wait, my children didn't die because for nothing. I'm going to use this mm-hmm. horrible experience, right? Like, like I am this trauma, like it, it is rough, but I'm going to use this and I'm going to create a legacy that's for them. That's that is, right. Like, that is like drop the mic powerful. Like seriously. Um, that's why I said like mm-hmm. in the beginning, like you are a true superhero because some people may never pick themselves up or never look at that, that perspective of, of, yeah, I'm going to do this for them still. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that takes a different type of courage. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you know, you had experienced other traumas with dealing with a narcissist, you know, as far as just someone trying to use you mm-hmm. to get to the States, live their lifestyle. And I like, it's, it's like what I said um, off air, like karma is going to come back to you no matter what. Like no That's matter right. what, um, like I'm trying, I'm trying not to really curse too much because I, I am frustrated because it, 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 yeah, it's a, it's, it's a horrible and it's a very, um, it's a horrible intent to do that to someone, especially when I didn't want a pregnancy. And uh, just to be very frank, I told the person like, you know, did you use protection? Like we're not, I'm, you know what I mean? I'm there's no safety on my end, so it's like. I need you to use safety and I need to go back to, you know, the States and finish school. Like I had goals and dreams, like, you know, (laughs) and, but I was still lost, you know, but I knew I wasn't ready like for pregnancy, but at the same time, it's like, once we were engaged, I was like, okay, well, whatever happens, happens. I was really, the thing is when there's trauma, you just kind of keep diving into that black hole. I was like, oh, whatever happens, happens. Oh, I'll get pregnant. Like I was just really curious. I like how you said that because now, yeah. So careless. Yes. I was like, oh, I don't care. It's about like a my black life. hole. Like it's just like I really you didn't. I was like, if I die, I die. Like I was just so cynical. Like oh I no, care. I love I love that black hole reference because on the outside, because yeah, right. like on the outside looking in, people don't. If you never deal mm-hmm. with depression, you don't understand it, right? So that black hole analogy black is hole. like, okay, people may use Jesus take the will. No, the black hole is like no, like. I'm just gonna go like, all right, whatever you take me. If this leads to death, yeah. That's what if this leads happening. to death, it leads to death. I, and and I love how you said that. That's right. Because I saw the red flags in the gentleman, and friends of mine at the time saw it. And also, only two of those people are still uh, in my life today because my whole tribe left my side and ghosted me when I became pregnant and homeless. And that really showed me that I don't need to surround myself with those people because those people haven't healed from their own traumas. But also I realized that my, you know, best friend at the time, and it was not the best person for me. The influence I had for years was very unhealthy. And I was like, it all happened for a reason. It woke me up. Like the emotional impact Bob Proctor talks about, that was my 9-11. But I needed that because I remember being in Thailand and like praying to God, like literally sitting on bed, like, put me through whatever you need to put me through to make me the woman that I need to become. Like, I really asked for that. Like I asked for everything to happen, not in the way it happened, but I asked for me to be shaken out of my trauma. And I really did get what I asked for, but I also knew that my kids weren't here for a long time. Like I didn't have an attachment um, in a sense, but eventually like I started talking to them, but I just didn't have an attachment because I knew the intention was wrong of what that man did. And I did not, I would not bring his children into this world. I don't want his blood. Um, you know, I don't want any association. And also that means that he would come here. I don't want that for the rest of my life to have any kind of association with somebody like that. Even he could have even got physical because there was a time where, you know, it's very aggressive and it's like, no, thank you. You know, just because of one uh, thing you did wrong and, um, because you, you didn't know any better. You were in trauma. It doesn't mean that you have to carry that and live that for the rest of your life. I'm not going to carry it through these kids. These kids, it's like they knew. Like, it's like I was, I sensed it. Like, they say in spirituality, like, the, the soul leaves. 
like if it knows it's not right for the body. Like I was having panic attacks. I had three panic attacks in my pregnancy. One of them, the gentleman caused it. I was on the ground pregnant, having a panic attack. And he was just uh, like, you know, cursing me out and things over the phone. And I just like had a panic attack because of the way the person was speaking to me at his high anxiety. I also was malnourished. Like I was losing weight while being pregnant. You know what I mean? It's like, I didn't have proper food to eat. And I was in no shape or form to give birth to two children. And it's very, those are higher risk pregnancies as well. Yeah, no, no, that was great. Yeah. Um, can you repeat the saying in spirit? In spirit, spirit I can't. Look, I'm getting tongue twisted. Yes, I have to get a tongue twisted. But yes, I want you to. I, I want no. So I just like, want you to say the saying mm-hmm. because I think that's powerful, and I want people to understand that because I'm a very spiritual person as well. Yeah. So I learned from Sadhguru. Do you follow? Nope, Sadhguru? But I will after this. Yeah, Sadhguru says, you know, at 12 weeks is best to abort when a you know woman finds out that's about and like um, yeah, when a woman finds out you know she's pregnant because. After that, the baby really starts to form and it's like, um, you want to do it earlier, the better, but the soul does leave and it's like, it will come back to you. I know my kids are going to come back to me in the future in a better situation. And I'm going to know it was them, like who was there before. And if not, that's fine too. But it's really said that. And we also have two souls, one on the bottom of each of our feet, if you didn't know. And it's in the book, Death by Sadhguru. But he helped me survive that time. Like I meditated every day. I didn't have any, um, I can't, I was in shock, I'd say, but I can't say I had depression or anything. I lived a very um, normal, even though I was homeless, like in different places all the time. I meditated and I exercised and I ate right. And Sadhguru's videos helped me survive. Like when I say like, I don't know who would have got me through that time. Like I really don't know. Like I was homeless, like I had no base, like as in no permanent place. That's a lot. And then also I was physically abused after my abortion and I abused, and I hit the person back. Um, if someone in my family who hit me because they felt like they had the power to do so. And for the first time in my life, uh, I stood up for myself because I was a victim to that, right? All these years. And I hit them back and the same person, you know, regarding incest and all of that. And I hit them back and I said, you know what? And I exposed them to my parents. I said, you did this to me when I was this age. And I let it out because I was going to take these secrets to the grave. And I was like, I have nothing to hide. Like, I just lost my kids. I'm angry. I will fuck you up. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Um, And I was effing them up and someone stopped us in between and otherwise, I don't know where it would have went, but um, they denied it. And yeah, and that's their choice. But I know what the truth is. And people don't just make these things up. And yeah, you know. <laughs> that's like our so. conversation. That's when you um, off air when I was saying like, this is the first time I felt like I had my power back. I stood up for myself. And that's the moment right there. You stood up that's for yourself. Right. And then that's the turning moment to create the woman that I'm speaking to today. Yeah, I was liberated. I was happy. I called my, you know, best friends at the time. And I was like, I never told you this. I never told nobody, but I was like, this happened. I shared with the per- with the person who the person was. And I was like, you know what? I feel free. And I was laughing because 
they're the people who caused me the clinical depression, body dysmorphia, all these things that I didn't put onto myself. They did. You know what I mean? Like they made me feel that way. Yeah. It's like, it was my thoughts, right. Repeating the thoughts that made it real, but it's because of their influence. Environment is very important. So I've been free since like, I don't suffer from anything. Um, I'm normal as can no, be I, I love it. Like I graduated my therapist, I'm teaching my therapist skills and things. So I graduated therapy because I outgrew therapy. <laughs> like that's how good I got at this. And this is only six, eight months ago now. This all happened, but it's only six months now. I no, think. that's that's great. Uh, that's great. You're actually going to give people um, not only um, mm. perspective of like the possibility, yeah. but also... Mm that empowerment of like, she did this, hmm. I can do this, right? As far as, as, as far That's as, right. as mm-hmm. not only, not only of being that victim, quote unquote, because mm-hmm. when you're young, right? Like it's not, you're not at fault. Somebody took advantage of you. And I always tell people like, mm-hmm. let go of that guilt. You, you couldn't do nothing mm. about it. Like, if this person is, let's say, like, you know, you're four and this person is, like, 16, they're naturally stronger than you. Mm-hmm. You can't do nothing about that. Mm-hmm. But you, what you can do That's right. is learn how to heal, let go, and hopefully one day be as brave as you and stand up mm-hmm. for yourself and say, not today, Satan. This is this, You remember when you did this to me? Nah, now it's my turn. <laughs> now let me do this to you because these hands can hit, right? And, and and do that, right? Like, it's real though. Like, like, um, like I haven't... Oh, they didn't like but... that, yeah. And, you know, all fair, we're talking about the right therapist. Everything aligned after I made that decision. Like, I got the right therapist and it was actually nine months I was in therapy and I graduated and um, I told my therapist I was moving here and she's just so proud and at my growth and at my speed and everything I've done. Um, it's incredible. And, uh, coming up, I'm, uh, Les Brown is going to be, I'm collaborating in a book with Les Brown. And I think that's like really incredible because it goes back to the suicidal thoughts like eight years ago. I think when I was like 20, I was suicidal laying on the floor and I would listen to his, it's not over until you win. And someone showed me that. And, I told myself, like, I'm going to meet this man. And eight years later, I spoke on two of his summits. And now I'm in a book collaboration with him. You know, it's the power just of affirmation. I tell people that. Like, it's real. Like, yeah. you know, off air, I said, hey, you're going to be right. on Super Soul Sundays with Oprah. And I'm telling you, you will be. I'm putting it in I a am. podcast. And I want people to understand that, that the power of affirmation is real. For you, it, for really you, it was Les Brown. And for me, it was Eric Thomas, mm-hmm. right? And that's right. I also yeah, met Eric when I was I, I met him and then yeah. now to um mm-hmm. go through his program and, and crush it, right? And 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 it's mm-hmm. like wow, like yeah, I actually met dude and not only that, like I was actually like, you know, working with dude <laughs> yeah. in the sense, um being a student yeah. from but I wanted to get that out there because I want people to understand that. Like just because mm-hmm. you may be at rock bottom, quote unquote, now doesn't mean you have to stay there. You have to it, 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 it's something that that you put on the title of this, and I might name the the podcast this. You have to think into results. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might have to make a gift out of that. She's like, oh That's yeah. <laughs> um, but for the listeners out there, right? 
I'm going to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. And it's someone that's currently in a tough situation, going through a mental health challenge or even a mental health crisis. What advice would you give them? What advice would I give? I would tell them to get professional help. And if they're not ready for professional help, you know, speak to someone who you trust, of course. But one thing I could have done is really collapse time. Because I remember when I was, um, when I went through the physical abuse and I actually told the same abuser, I need therapy. And they laughed at me. They said, what do you need therapy for? You know what I mean? That whole scenario. But I was so smart and wise enough to know what I just went through, I need therapy for. That's incredible to me. It's like I always had the insight to listen to myself. So I would really say um, start with therapy, whether it's like Reiki, hypnotherapy, or just, you know, traditional psychotherapy, um, psychiatrist, whatever it is. But I really would just say that my therapist uh, changed my life. Like I owe my new life to her. And she said it's because I did the work. But let me... The power of therapy is so real because I wouldn't have collapsed that time in these nine months. There's people who would have been possibly depressed, right? After the things I've experienced and I wasn't because I had a listening ear, not even that, support groups, NAMI, um, National Alliance for Mental Illness. And they have free, you know, support groups every, um, every two weeks. Also for additional, you can get additional help. And then they have... Um, Catholic Charities, well, in New Jersey, I don't know if it's everywhere. And then there's also church, like the church offers services, um, regardless of religion, too. It's like sisters, you know, a sister circle. So there's free options as well. And until this day, I still um, see, uh, like, I can always go back to my therapist. And I still have, um, like, a counselor that's through my mom, but still hears me out. but I would really just recommend people um, start if you don't feel comfortable talking to people I would start with journaling because writing is key and it saved me too and yeah I really would just express myself in art or whatever it is for them I love it I love it unfortunately we run out of time so this is the best (laughs) part for me Um, if somebody is intrigued or want to check out what you're doing please let them know where to find you at Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook, Pretty Bidet. Uh, we have a Try Together community, which is where these mugs come from. So I actually designed these mugs. Um, and this uh, idea, you know, from Diwali, which is the Indian holiday, and it represents light. So it's shining light on mental health journeys. It's just try together one journey at a time. And I came up with this, and uh, I shared a bit of why. And you can find me on Instagram, Try Together, or Free Spirits Fly. Uh, my personal page and also try together podcast page and try together on YouTube. So try together. If you just type try together, I'll come up. If you type pretty bidet, I will come up uh, all over. Google. I love it. So. And don't forget everything will be in the show notes <laughs> in the description as well. Until then guys, we see you next time. Peace. Namaste. <laughs> Today's episode of the just believe podcast. Thank you for listening. If you're currently going through a mental health challenge, Don't be scared to look in the show notes and reach out to those resources. If people are going to put labels on you, tell them, look, labels are made for jars, not people. Whatever obstacles that's facing in front of you, you can overcome that as long as you just believe. Until then, I'll see you next week. Peace.